0: To two inches off the ground. When you are enlightened, you live life two inches off the ground. Follow Jennifer at Two Inches Off the Ground on Instagram and check out Free Spirit Podcasts, that's with an S, dot com, where she has digital products and services, including her metaphysical TV guide. If you like this podcast, please give her five stars. I wish there were six. <laughs> And review and subscribe it helps so much
1: very good job that was very impressive Saskia that
0: was Saskia playing Jennifer (laughs) can you come back every week and do that absolutely okay cool
1: awesome so today we are back with Saskia a jack of all trades an expert on many things and she's gonna say she's not an expert on Ayurveda but she actually is Uh, she's been eating cooking living the Ayurvedic lifestyle for many years now, way before it was cool. How many years have you been at it, you
0: think? About 25. 25. Maybe more, actually, about 25.
1: Wow, okay, so we're yeah. going to talk about a lot today.
0: So Saskia... And that's not even half my life.
1: No, that, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't even half your life, I know, 25. Saskia is also a highly sought-after public speaking coach, who has coached Broadway playwrights, those who have testified before Congress, and TED Talk speakers. You can read her incredible book, and my husband just read it and was blown away by the knowledge and the exceptional writing. And Saskia, he said to me, you know, I haven't seen anything like this before in public speaking. And that's something I want to say about your book, too, is that it's unprecedented. It's, It's advice you're not going to get from anywhere else. It's a perfect resource to add to your physical library. I love having the book in my house, going back to it, flipping through it. You can go back to it when you need it, whether you have a big meeting or interview on Zoom or in person, and especially when public speaking. You can purchase Saskia's book aptly entitled More Than Words Can Say, The Making of Inspired Speakers, only available for purchase on her beautiful website, the keynote and i will put all of this in the show notes all right so anyone who wants good beginner info on ayurveda please listen to episode nine of this podcast entitled ayurveda diagnosis and intro and please note we are smart women right saskia i think we're pretty smart i think we're smart <laughs> we may, I may be prejudiced yeah we're biased but we are super smart But Saskia and I are not doctors. So please consult your doctor before attempting any diet, cleanse, or lifestyle change. That saves us from being sued. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We'd rather
0: not be sued. We'd rather not do
1: that. No. Saskia, we live the Ayurvedic lifestyle, obviously you way before me, and we talk about it all the time. So let's talk because that's all we do is talk about it, right?
0: Talking is my favorite occupation. I know.
1: (laughs) In episode 14 entitled Releasing Suppressed Emotions and Healing Chronic Inflammation. I discussed, I was so ingrained in just the physical aspect of Ayurveda that I started to become obsessive about everything I ate. And I actually lived in fear of eating. You know what was happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And that influenced my decisions throughout the day which were based in fear, which is Mm. not positive. That's very negative. I had also mentioned that I've been full on with the Ayurvedic lifestyle for three months now, and though, actually more than three months, I have to point that out, and though I've been seeing great results, I'm not 100% there. And you had some great answers to this. Please share.
0: I think they're obvious answers, but what I said to you at the time was, Jennifer, Three months.
1: Yeah.
0: It's only three months. You've had these issues for 40 years or whatever.
1: Yeah, 43 years. 43 (laughs) years.
0: So you're asking too much by hoping to be totally free of everything after three months. But what I said to you is, you remind me of a beautiful butterfly flitting from flower. I didn't mean it as a compliment, though. Yeah, you didn't
1: mean it as a compliment. (laughs) I'm going aww right now, but you didn't mean it on the phone as a compliment.
0: That's okay. We Um, forgive you. It's basically that you were flitting from flower to flower. You were flitting from this protocol to that protocol to this behavior to that behavior to this herb to that herb. Yeah to this practice, to that practice, and you weren't giving any of them enough time Mm -hmm. to do their magic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while I think butterflies are beautiful, (laughs) and I think you are very beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, and vice versa. um, It's not the way to sample Ayurveda. Now, obviously, if you've started a practice that Ayurveda recommends and it's doing absolutely nothing for you, Mm -hmm. and you've done it for three months, then by all means drop it and try variation or try something else. Move on. But if you've seen improvement and you feel that you're moving in the right direction, just keep in the forefront of your mind the direction rather than the day-to-day event of how you're feeling.
1: So you're saying that it's basically a slow and steady burn. Yes. And I should be what? Patient?
0: Uh, patient. Oh, no. with a capital P, Jennifer. <laughs> capital and you know that D. is my
1: enemy is patient. So, yeah, yeah, that's my egoic enemy. So let me ask you, how did you get started in Ayurveda 25 years ago that, that you know all the answers to this?
0: Well, again, I really am not an expert. I just have a lot of years of experience. Lies, and I've read a lot all of books. lies. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of podcasts and webinars and all of that. Yeah. But I'm not trained as an Ayurveda consultant. So I want people to understand this is just life experience that has made me absolutely in love with Ayurveda. I got started because I had a sudden unexpected, very intense allergic reaction. But of course, I couldn't figure out what was causing it. I didn't know if I was allergic to meat or dairy. Allergic how? Can I ask? I had very itchy, puffy, swollen eyes. Mm, Okay, I remember this. Yeah. And I looked like a raccoon with my (laughs) eyes outlined in red rather than black. Mm -hmm. But I looked awful. I don't know if I was more upset about how I felt or how I looked. I was about 51 or two at the time, and I looked like a disaster area. And I was scratching my eyes and rubbing my eyes, and it was making me crazy. I think if I had a choice, which of course I didn't, I would have opted for pain rather than itch. The itch was making me nuts. So I took myself to an Ayurvedic practitioner who um, had me in her waiting room filling out forms. But she was ready for me before I was finished with the forms. Okay. So I step into her office with the forms in hand, and she looks at me for about four seconds, and she says, Are you here for um, digestive issues? No way. And she analyzed what was going on in my system, in my colon, in my stomach, on site. Wow! Within a matter of seconds, at the time I wasn't experiencing the allergy necessarily. Mm-hmm. It wasn't obvious. Mm-hmm. It was probably still going on, but I didn't have the swollen red eyes. But she looked at me and said, "You're here for stomach issues and digestive issues," and I nearly—I mean, my jaw dropped to the floor. She hadn't read my report, my my um, papers. Papers. Yeah. She didn't know anything about me. But she analyzed exactly what I'd been suffering from for years and years and years.
1: Can I just interrupt and say if I'm thinking of the if I'm doing the math right, it's the late nineties.
0: Um yes, it's no, it's a little bit earlier. I think it's the mid nineties. The mid nineties. But why that's important to say
1: is this was diagnosed in the mid nineties when Very no young, one knew anything yeah. about
0: you know, no one knew anything about anything. Yeah, Exactly. Ayurveda was just a tiny blip on the screen. It wasn't yet in the forefront of health and well-being. Yoga as... wasn't even hot yet, was no. it? I don't think so. It, it was getting there. It, was getting, it there. was getting there. It was getting
1: there, but it's not like it
0: was, is now. It was now. getting there, right. Because yeah, yeah. I was training at that point in 95, 96 to get my accreditation in yoga. And it was not unknown, but it was not yet... Where you have household
1: name yeah.
0: yeah, I mean now there's a you know mm-hmm. on every second block in Manhattan <laughs> there's a yoga studio there you, you can't avoid it, mm-hmm. and at that time it was moving in that direction, but hadn't yet gotten there, and Ayurveda was basically not very well known unless maybe you were a yoga teacher, right, so I end up with this instant diagnosis without any blood work, without her reading my history or background and i was stunned and of course now i can appreciate the fact that she was just reading my body type and it was very obvious yes with some people the body type may be harder to analyze because they're sort of a mix or in between and yeah it's not obvious but with me and with you now we're petite women very small boned Very slim normally. I'm not as slim as I used to be, but... She looks perfect. (laughs) She's perfect. We're the vata type that is a tiny body, or in in certain cases, a very slim, elongated, tall body. Yeah. But there's not much fat or not much meat on our bones. And she could tell by looking at me that I had digestive issues because most vatas do since they're governed by air and space, and they're airy. Yes, They can be airy mentally, they can be flaky yes. and airy that way, or they can be airy physically with a lot going on in their gut. So she had been trained to, you know, look at somebody and know this. So that was one surprise, and I was helped enormously. As a Western doctor might have treated me, they would have looked for the cause of the itchy and puffy eyes. Right, They would have done allergy testing yep. with all those needles and whatnot. And I had had some of that done and it showed nothing. Right. But in Ayurveda, they don't look at the symptom. They look at the person. Yes. So they were looking at my systems and they realized my liver is probably inflamed. Yeah. And the liver and the eyes have a connection. What I needed to do was cleanse, not to find out the allergen itself, but to cleanse my system. Yes. To get these toxins out of my body. And that's what we worked on. And it worked like magic. Yes. So I went through an Ayurvedic cleanse. I ate the rice and bean concoction yeah, for a week. Yeah, Yep. The kitchery. I got the steam baths. Um, we did all the things that yeah, are part of an Christ Ayurvedic did. cleanse. And at the end of eight days, I was a new person on all levels, forget the itchy eyes, you know, everything was working, I felt fantastic, Mm -hmm. so that really turned me on, Uh, that would turn me on, (laughs) (laughs) that's a pretty good
1: introduction to Ayurveda, and also, just to explain what you were talking about, just a little bit for any of our beginners, and again, I said go back to the other episode, but just not, so people aren't lost, um, Vata is a dosha, which is the energetic constitution of the body, meaning the The physical body type, the mental, Mm -hmm. the emotional, that makes up your dosha. That's right. Yeah, so that's what you were talking about, just wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah, So they call it your constitution. Yes. And what we tend to forget is that it's not just the body. It's not just how you look and how much weight you carry and things like that. It's your mental state. It's how Mm -hmm. you approach problems. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: where you go when you get angry or depressed. Yeah. Different doshas have different mental and physical characteristics. So, for example, as a vata, my default position, if I'm in a bad way, in a bad state, yeah. is not to be angry. That belongs to a different dosha. I would get anxious. The third dosha, kapha, would tend to get lethargic and Interesting, yeah. heavy and right. slow. The The second dosha, the pitta type, would tend to get angry. Yeah, that's me. So you have to know where your emotional characteristics play in. Yep. So that you understand, oh, I'm out of balance. That is perfect segue to our next question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you had said to me too, and it makes so much sense, Ayurveda has been around for 5,000 years. And it's worked for 5,000 years. So... It works. It must be doing something. It right. must be doing know It must be doing <laughs> something right. So I've been really focusing on the mental and emotional aspects of Ayurveda. Right? If we think of the dosha, if we think of the energetic constitution of it, that mental and emotional aspect, and combining them with the physical, meaning cleansing, diet, and exercise. Saskia, you sent me an excellent article by Dr. John DuYard, who we both love, right? One of the top Ayurvedic doctors in the US, and he's also a chiropractor. And we both worked with him and truly admire him and follow him, right? I'll put the article in the show notes. In it, Dr. John talks about the mental and emotional aspects of Ayurveda, saying that the body literally records every memory, good Mm -hmm. or bad, Mm -hmm. and that our emotional impressions as he calls them, are stuck in the body. He says that his cleanse, called the Colorado cleanse, Mm -hmm. not only addresses the physical, but also the mental and emotional to release any negative impressions from the body. And these strategies include yoga, mindful breathing, and meditation. So Saskia, how do you address the mental and emotional aspect of Ayurveda and what has worked well
0: for you? Yoga was my Mm go-to modality, even before I heard about Ayurveda. And you're a teacher. I'm certified to teach. I don't teach anymore, but I taught as a sideline to my public speaking business because my clients started asking me if I would work with them in yoga. So I brought yoga to them. They gave me a conference room. I taught class there and
1: then i started i have to stop because this is if we go back to the law of attraction episode (laughs) this is saskia's life and she has taught some famous people i don't want to drop names but in yoga too so this is just saskia's life anyway
0: but this was never my intention in fact no
1: but being a public speaking coach was never your intention
0: either that's true right so there you go
1: law of attraction anyway that's another subject for another day but go ahead
0: um i basically had always done yoga since the age of 28 and that was always my go-to modality for working things out of my body smart but on top of that when I really needed it when something happened in my life where I left the man I loved and it was a very um trying period in some ways I resorted to massage smart and acupuncture So whatever was bothering me physically, I did yoga, I got a lot of massages, and I had acupuncture. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, they were working out my mental and emotional Mm. challenges. I was just going for the body work and the relief of that. But I realized that I wasn't having the emotional problems or effects Mm -hmm. Of separating from the man I loved. Right. Because it was being worked out in these modalities. Smart. And that was just a happy byproduct as far as I was concerned. You know, when I had my last bad
1: breakup, I remember my mom saying, You need to go get a massage. Mm. It was so intuitive of her to say that. So, my question is Well, she's
0: trained as a nurse.
1: She's trained as a nurse. Yeah, she was a nurse. So. Who knows? Interesting. Or just being an intuitive mom. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What type of massage? Is there anything you favor?
0: I did did basically what would be called Swedish massage. Mm -hmm. But then, then I discovered Thai massage. Yes. And that feels like somebody is doing yoga on you. Yes. They're doing the yoga for you. They're manipulating your, your body into stretching poses while you're just lying there being a limp rag. Yes. And it's the most effective for me, for my body. It was the most effective way of getting all the benefits of yoga with all the relaxation of massage work. I just loved it. And when I would get up off the floor, because you work on a mat on the floor usually, I felt as if I had just put my finger in an electric socket. I was so full of energy coursing through my body. Yeah. I remember one particular day, I went home, I cleaned the house, I did two loads of laundry, and I was living in a fourth floor walk-up at the time in New York, the laundry was in the basement. I had bought groceries, I cooked a meal, and I probably did five other things that I can't remember. <laughs> I was just so charged. Yeah. But I had discovered Thai massage pretty much after I had had a lot of other body work. And had been doing a lot of yoga. So, you know, was it the Thai massage? Maybe got your body prepped. I think it was prepped. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to say that that's what did it. But it was certainly a big factor. That's cool. We need a trip to Thailand. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we need. We need a
1: trip to Thailand. So for me, what I'm discovering is... What helps me is visualization. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of that. I talked about that a couple episodes ago, and I've been keeping with that, you know that I imagine there's hands that, white hands that come from the universe, and they're pouring down into my crown, and it's this pink pepto substance. And then in my stomach area, I imagine it fills with this white foam, and there's people scrubbing it. There's little people in there scrubbing it. And I can tell you, Saskia, it's made a huge difference in this past two weeks. You're such a girl. Pink. Pink and white visualization.
0: (laughs) They're the healing color. They're the healing color. Pink Pink is also the color of the heart chakra. Exactly.
1: As is green. It
0: has two colors. Yeah. I think that what's important for the people listening to remember is anything that works for you, anything that resonates. Anything that resonates is good. Exactly. I don't do well with visualization. Jennifer loves visualization. Exactly. So you have to take the time to just figure out what resonates, what turns you on.
1: Yeah, what that's a that's a perfect advice. And also other things I've been saying, not a lot, but throughout the day I've been saying I'm healed, thank you for healing me, I'm healed when I take an herb, I try to say I'm healed. I I have my beet juice every morning. I put my lymph cleanse in it and I say, thank you for this nourishing drink. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm healed. And that's been helping. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. That mm-hmm. has been helping myself and really changing things around. I've really been incorporating, as we know, EFT, emotional freedom technique, the tapping. That has been really helping, I have mm-hmm. to say. And I'll do it for a long period of time, for half an hour.
0: Wow. Yes.
1: I'll do it for while I'm driving, but (laughs) I'm going to warn you when you do it, be prepared because a lot's going to be released. And I had that actually coming to your house last Thursday. I was doing it on the way here and I was fine. And I was fine, I think on Friday and then maybe Friday night and definitely this weekend. And I was fine, but a lot had released. Uh Let's put Uh it that way. A lot had released, but then... Physically, I felt, I've been feeling so much better. All my sinusy stuff went away. Hmm. I had been having a lot of throat things, <clears> throat> that went away. So I don't know, who knows? I've been doing also warm lemon water at night. That's new. So it could be a combination yeah. of a few things. Yeah. That really helped. I also shake out my emotions. I literally shake mm-hmm. my body like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a dog. If, yeah. you, if you see our dogs, right? Yeah. We, yeah. They shake out their emotions. So I do that. That has been helping a lot. So
0: Actors do that in preparation oh, do for roles. There's a lot of shaking where they want to just free their body and get loosened up. So it's oh, part okay. of act, that makes acting sense. training as well.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Because I know it's definitely part of football or athletic training. Yeah. I think more with football where they go, oh,
0: oh uh-huh. and they hit
1: their bodies and everything. All right. So now we are getting into the diet and cleanse aspect of Ayurveda. And we had a fun juice tasting this morning. We did. Which is our equivalent to what?
0: <laughs> a wine tasting. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know, because we don't drink. So that's <laughs> our equivalent to wine tasting. As I said, I wanted to plan this episode around Ostara. So, that is the pagan holiday and it has a lot of cleansing rituals. Mm-hmm. You know, we do it in our home, right, Saskia? Yeah. We, we spring clean our homes. Why not the body? Exactly. And what's been helping me is not only learning how to cook for myself, aren't you proud
0: of me? Bravo. Bravo. I've <laughs> been very a big proud help
1: in that. You've been a big help. Uh, but also finding great places near me that support this lifestyle. That has been a godsend to me. Mm-hmm. One place I absolutely love and cannot live without is Bliss Juice and Smoothie Bar located in Red Hook, New York. That's the Hudson Valley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can find Bliss at blissredhook.com. And by the way, I'm saying Bliss, B-L-I-S-S is in what is it, Know Your Bliss, or what do they call it? Follow Follow, Your 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 Bliss. bliss. Follow
0: Your Bliss bliss to the juice bar. Yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can look up all their raw, fresh, organic, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, and smoothie bowls. And I forgot to say, I forgot to write down, they also have amazing soups.
0: Oh. Yeah,
1: and these were the only soups I could eat in my cleanse. Uh Uh-huh. So Uh highly recommend. Saskia, how many times have I raved about Bliss?
0: An infinite number. I couldn't possibly begin <laughs> to count. I know. You got to I go. Been, I have to go. I have yet to get there, but Bliss came to me this yes, morning. Yeah, I know. Bliss
1: did <laughs> come to you this morning, and I, I rave about the owner, Annie, who's a female business owner, awesome, and the manager, Mike, who's awesome as well. He's amazing as well. I brought the juices here today so you can try them, which we did. What do you think? What were your favorites?
0: I have, it's a tie between right. two favorites. Yeah. I love the beet apple whatever juice. Yeah, the beet juice, which is called Girl Power. Oh, I didn't know that was yes, called Girl they have Power. Isn't that cute? That. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So I love the beet juice and then the immunity, what was it called, immunity something? Immunity, I think it was just, just called just immunity. Just immunity, yeah. Which was also, I, I tend to go for the ones that have a little more sugar in them than yes. the straight... Green juices. Yes. Because when I make a green juice on my own, I put in half an apple or okay. something that will cut that yeah. greenness. Yeah. Um, but they were wonderful. And I have to say, I enjoyed it more than a wine tasting. <laughs> because frequently, I like good wines. I don't yeah. say I don't. But I can't frequently tell the difference radically from one to another. Oh, I can. In a wine tasting, you can? I can ace any wine tasting. Wow. Yes. You have hidden powers, Yes, my you dear. have no idea. I'm not good at deciphering, unless mm. it's so obvious, but mm. with the juices. Oh, you know, I really liked another one, although it was so powerful. It knocked you back. It knocked me back. <laughs> I mean, it blew the top of my head off. That was a ginger that shot. That was the ginger shot. Yeah. That was really strong, but I enjoyed it. It's good. It's really good. So... I think it's a matter of, I felt accomplished because each of the juices tasted so distinct to me that I would never confuse them. No, and we had the,
1: you know, you talk about eating the rainbow. Yeah. And we really had the rainbow this morning. We had the <laughs> rainbow this morning. That's we right. drank the rainbow.
0: That's why we're so peppy. That's why I know.
1: That's, and I've had more juice. <laughs> I mean, I'm peppier. <laughs> now my favorites, I love everything, I have to say. I know that's annoying. I love everything, but I really do. What I do is I have the beet juice and normally I don't like beet juice, but this beet juice is excellent, as you said. And I take two ounces of that every morning and I put in Dr. John's lymph cleanse. Mm -hmm. So that's a perfect way to start the day. I'm now doing the ginger shot, mm-hmm. and um, that has been a real kick. That's new. They just started that, and I okay. love that. I'm going to go and get more probably at the end of this week. Mm-hmm. And normally I drink all the green juices, and I just started to drink the pure, which I love because it has a lot less sugar. We're the opposite. Yeah. So I love yeah. the pure. My go-to is the be well. But I think I might do both. I think I might do a combination between the pure and the be well. It can't hurt. And the immunity was really good too. The carrot juice yes. I was surprised by that one. That one was really good. I wasn't sure, but that one was super delicious. yummy.
0: I have to give Annie credit because in in other on other occasions when I've had a juice from a juice bar of any kind, they're usually eight ounces, ten ounces, twelve ounces, and you can drink the whole thing down and you know, it's it's good, but Annie's are so intense. Yeah. That. A shot of four ounces or two ounces will do you. Yeah, you can really make them go a long way.
1: And I do, uh-huh. and I and I do make them go a long way. So, all right. So we have our favorites. So, guys, if you live in the Hudson Valley, order online. Stop by Saskia Annie has a takeout window.
0: That's great. Which is
1: so smart in COVID, right? Yeah. You are supporting a female-owned shop. Mm -hmm. Bliss is great for a spring cleanse, and I know you'll be hooked, so you'll come back every week like I do. And if you're passing through the Hudson Valley, bring a cooler, because the juices freeze extremely well. I brought them today, and they were so cold.
0: They were ice cold. They were like coming out of the
1: fridge. Yeah. And that was the little freezer she gave me, yeah.
0: Again, that's (laughs) Bliss-
1: Redhook.com. everything will be in the show notes so check it out. All right, so basically what we're saying is Ayurveda is more than diet and dosha. Obviously that's an important part. but and we discuss that so the dosha means the energetic constitution of the body and we discuss being vata. so we have the tinier body types, energetic minds that flip from topic to topic like a butterfly <laughs> right? like a butterfly <laughs> in a positive way. And, you know, we should be eating, Saskia, warm stew, staying away from popcorn, that type of thing. But Ayurveda is so much more than that. It's an all-encompassing lifestyle. What do you think the ultimate goal of Ayurveda is?
0: I think the ultimate goal of Ayurveda is to create balance, Mm. balance in your body, balance in your mind and your emotions. Yeah. If your dosha, if your constitution is imbalanced, you're not defaulting to your most negative traits.
1: Yeah.
0: You're defaulting to your best traits. Yeah. That's how you know you're in balance. But can I just add one thing about diet and dosha? No, you can't. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm going to
1: anyway. Yeah, do it anyway.
0: I came upon the whole notion of diet and dosha in one of Deepak Chopra's early books, I'm afraid I can't tell you which it was. I looked up two of them, and I couldn't find this. Oh, that's what you were looking for. Yeah, I (laughs) was looking for an anecdote that he he talks about.
1: I walked in the house,
0: and she's looking for something Deepak Chopra. (laughs) I wasn't finding it, but it was one of his early books in which he gives an example of two women, two young women, having lunch in L.A., And we know what L.A. is like. You know, it's Tinseltown and where everybody is hyper body conscious. Absolutely, of course. So they sat down at a cafe outdoors and they both ordered the same lunch, which was iced tea, a large green salad. I'm thinking, yeah, that sounds like a healthful lunch. You know, it, it would serve everybody to have lunch like that. And then he goes on to proclaim... That lunch was perfect for one of the women and terrible for the second. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what? A big salad and iced right. tea? I mean, we're not talking here chocolate cake. Right. We're not talking, you know, a big glass of wine. What makes it bad for one and good for the other? Yeah. So that's how he got my attention. Yes. And he explained, one was a vata constitution and the other was a kapha Yes, and it was a good lunch for the Kafa, which has a bigger bone structure, yeah. more more volume to them. And like a
1: Serena Williams.
0: Yes, that that's a good. She's a very exi- good yeah. example. example you know, strong, the tennis player. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. strong, big muscles, yeah. big bones. Right. Her hands are probably twice as big as mine and yeah. yours. Yeah. But for the Vata woman sitting at lunch, it was the wrong. Who
1: would be what? Vata would be an Audrey Hepburn, a Natalie Portman. Yeah, yes. someone like that. Okay.
0: I don't know about Natalie Portman. She might be Pitta, but she could be oh, Vata. Oh Pitta. I'm sorry.
1: I was talking Vata.
0: But but I think Audrey Hepburn was certainly a Vata. She yeah. was a tall Vata, but fine bones, very chiseled features. That's what
1: Natalie Portman's like. She's yeah, tiny she's... like us.
0: Oh, so she's probably a Vata. She's like a type. Sarah
1: Jessica Parker, super thin, super tiny. Yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reason it was wrong for the Vata type, according to Deepak Chopra, who's always right. Yeah, I mean, he is he, always right. He, he I can't know, be He can't be wrong. Was that a Vata person should be having a soup or a stew, yep. or something warm and cooked, not cold? Now they were in LA, so it wasn't so right. terrible, but for a Vata type in New York. Yeah that lunch is not such a great idea unless it's mid July and August and yeah. it's summertime vatas need unctuous food that's heavier that will ground them yes. because they tend to be airy and flighty sometimes yeah and if you do that you will find you feel much better you do you really you can you can feel the effects almost immediately You do. And I was
1: not so open in this whole journey to when you had told me, you know, start cooking stews and soups. And I was like, uh. Yeah, I know. But I became open to it because of how you feel. Yeah. And some of these soups and stews that you've taught me are so easy. And I don't... I yeah. mean, I started from zero. I hardly know how to cook. So someone she who can... started
0: from the sub-basement yeah. of zero. <laughs> I kissed her.
1: <laughs> I was asking you really funny stuff and recipes where you were like, how do you not know this? Like, how does any human being over the age of 20 not know this? But I didn't know it. You know,
0: really, I didn't. But I've come a long way. You've come so far. You've actually taught me about assumptions i was making that were unfair assumptions yeah you know when you were someone, unfair i was very unfair I, I, <laughs> I didn't understand how you could i wish i could think of an example i know that the, the, the examples are me. slipping me right now it was the equivalent of had a i have water. an
1: example i have do you remember when i asked you about cream and i go do, i was trying to make whipped cream uh-huh. a healthier version and i said but do i have to put sugar in it to make it fluffy and you,
0: <laughs> you're like, No. No. It has nothing to do with the sugar. Right. It has to do and with I thought air. it was something. I just I didn't know. Well, it's legitimate because every time you taste whipped cream it's sweetened.
1: Yes. And I also didn't know I've never in my life heard about What do you call it? Heating up the spices?
0: Oh, blooming the spices. Blooming the
1: spices, heating them up in a little bit of oil. I've never even seen that done. I don't watch cooking shows. Yeah. Uh, With Craig, I didn't one night brown the meat. Really? I didn't know browning. I thought you just served meat. I didn't know there was this whole taking it off, taking what, the liquid or the fat off process?
0: Well, when you're browning it, you're, you're caramelizing the outside, and it holds the flavors inside. Let's say you're making a roast. Yeah. So it, it keeps the flavors in, and it makes the outside crusty and yummy. It's a good thing Craig knows how to cook.
1: I know. Well, <laughs> the whole thing is I messed it up. So uh-huh. I just didn't, I don't have that basic yeah. knowledge. It never interested me. So going back to creating balance, number one, I cook for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I create an easy lifestyle with, as I just said, the juices from Bliss and also soups from a local farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Those are my staples. Yeah. You know, if I can't cook that week, I know I can go to these places and I can get these things.
0: Not cooking is never an excuse for eating harmful food. You're right. It just isn't. I mean, there is some place probably in anyone's neighborhood or almost anyone's neighborhood where they can pick up something that's homemade in someone else's home,
1: so you have never done a road trip, apparently. From no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> New York
1: to Iowa.
0: No, that's true. <laughs> I have not, because um, um,
1: I would disagree. But even on yeah. those road trips, that's right. You know, if you have to pack something for yourself, yeah, you have to. It's not the ideal, but I found out. I found out the other day I can eat a salad at Applebee's. Oh, right. I know it's not the most glamorous thing, but if you're on the road right. and you see Applebee's and you've been driving for literally 200 miles, then yeah. guess what? You stop or you can have, maybe you can have the salad from Subway. I understand they're not the pure organic vegetables. I'm yeah. well aware. But if that's what you have to have. So that's about creating balance. And I'm starting to notice Saskia. Remember I told you last week, I just had this month long craving for pretzels. Yes,
0: yes. And I did it. Yes. I,
1: ga- I gave into the craving. It. I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't, I was like, okay. And I had one of those little snack bags with pretzels. Mm-hmm. Fine, who cares, right? Have no craving for it again. Wow. I have I have no, it was just something. I think my body was saying I need maybe some B vitamins, maybe some riboflavin. I don't know, yeah. but I, I yeah. did it. And, but then when I thought about possibly doing something like that again, I was like, you know what? I didn't like that one ingredient. I don't mm-hmm. want to put that in my body. It was ammonium bicarbonate or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't, because I looked up all the, you know, I can't just eat a pretzel. I have to look up every single ingredient. <laughs> so I Googled these ingredients and I said, I don't want to put that in my body again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am more than willing to put chocolate mousse in my body <laughs> <laughs> that ingredient. No. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying?
0: I think that the two aspects that are really helpful when someone's getting started following an Ayurvedic lifestyle, is understanding you're trying to create balance, but you also have to allow for adaptability. Yes. You can't go by the book and try to follow every single rule and regulation. Yeah. A- you will drive yourself nuts. You will drive yourself nuts. And everyone around you yeah. as well. <laughs> so,
1: Have I driven you nuts?
0: No, oh, okay. no, because I've I've been driven there. Craig
1: nuts, I'm sure. I, anyway, well,
0: But I've been there. I've been nuts before you became nuts, so I could recognize <laughs> your nuttiness yeah, 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 yeah. in me. Yeah. I just want people to know that, for example, Ayurveda very seriously recommends that you eat freshly made food every single day, made in your home preferably, and no leftovers. Leftovers are a no-no according to Ayurveda's history.
1: Yeah, DM me if you're a mom of five listening to this. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I'm not a mom of five. I'm not even a mom of one. But I eat leftovers. Leftovers that I've made. You are a
1: really bad person.
0: I'm not a good example of this. I'm just kidding. um, But, you know, you have to make adaptations to your lifestyle, your needs, your family's needs, and not get so hung up on the fact that you can't eat leftovers that you go and buy a bag of potato chips because they're not leftover. They're, they're new. That's not the way to think about it. One of the things that I've started doing now, I try not to eat leftovers oh, more good. than You're necessary. Oh, You're going to talk about
1: I was going to ask you to talk about this. Okay, go ahead. But, good tip, guys. Good tip.
0: You know, I, I still am going to eat leftovers, but in order to help myself cook fresh more frequently I don't do what's called batch cooking where you Mm -hmm. make you know a huge pot of something and then you portion it out and freeze it or whatever but I will batch prep so instead of having a butternut squash in my kitchen that has its skin on and seeds in it and is sitting there happily looking like a butternut squash I will prep it at the beginning of the week. Mm. So I have cubed, cleaned, ready to roll. So smart. Butternut squash cubes. And if I can't do that, I'll go to my local store, which is an an organic store, and buy a box of cubed butternut squash. There you go. So when I do want to cook, I don't have to first start prepping everything which I happen to enjoy doing, but not every meal. Right, of course. And not even every day. Of course. So I'll prep a bunch of carrots, a bunch of orange peppers, red peppers, onions, garlic, um, greens, and just have it all in glass containers at the ready. I pull them out, I throw them into a pot with my spices, and the batch prepping... Has allowed me to work more comfortably and conveniently, because to start prepping five vegetables before you start a meal, especially if you're just eating for yourself. Yeah, you know. but especially also if you're eating, if you're cooking for five people. Yeah, that's a good how point. How do you prep yeah, for five people without point. it taking twenty yeah. minutes? Yeah, of course. So you know, you find your own tricks and and as the French would say, truc, um, that help you get through. The parts of doing this that are inconvenient, right? So creating balance—it's balance and adaptability, right? And
1: and I understand that, especially using the example of a mom of five, yeah. if anyone's listening like that. Okay, five is a little extreme, but mom—a mom of three, <laughs> a mom of two or three—and
0: and, you two adults. I mean, you're cooking right. for four or five people, right? And you have to think about it. They
1: just came home from soccer practice or whatever. And then they have to do their homework because kids get tons of homework and then they have to be in bed. So what's the most important thing? The kids getting their rest or, and you spending time with them or what? So I understand. So something that we wanted to talk about is modern science mixed with ancient wisdom.
0: That's Dr. John DeYard's phrase. Yes. And it couldn't be more perfect because that is exactly what his website, Life Spa, one word, dot com is all about... I will put that in the show notes, yeah. He explains Ayurveda from a modern science perspective. So it's not just that the ancient seers knew all of these things about how the body best functions, but he's able to explain it scientifically. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people who might start out by thinking, Oh, Ayurveda... It's still woo-woo, it's part of yoga, yeah. it's not Western, yeah. it's hard to study, I don't really understand it, I would need to learn Sanskrit to understand yeah, it, none yeah. of that is, is true. No. You can understand it just by going to his website and letting him explain how the ancient practices are now rooted and described in modern science exactly and he's he's a dude
1: living in Colorado yeah you know when you when you break it yeah. down he's a father he's of six oh is he of, of six yes oh, I was funny when I had that call with him I heard, kids, <laughs> I heard some kids <laughs> running around in the background yeah. wow.
0: I mean some of them are fairly grown by now yeah but, and he started out as a sports as a, he wanted to be a triathlete yeah So I'm noticing with
1: Ayurveda, besides the science part, right, besides the creating balance, I'm also noticing it's so much about being present, right? I have to slow down and focus on taking that herb every morning, right? I take the lymph cleanse every morning and thanking the universe for healing me with this herb while I take it. I have to be present when putting 30 drops (laughs) of of lymph cleanse into my beet juice and saying, I'm healed. This is healing me. Do you agree about presence, and what do you have to say about multitasking?
0: Oh, multitasking is the bane of our existence, whether yeah. we know it or not. Mm-hmm. You happen to be good at it, unfortunately. Mm. I've watched you multitask, <laughs> and you're quite a whiz. I am not good at multitasking. It's my vata mind. Yes, yes. And I have a lot of kapha I was going to say you have a more, you're
1: emotionally more kapha to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I get jealous. But anyway, continue.
0: Yeah. I have a quote in my book that's the definition of multitasking. It says, multitasking, colon, screwing up several things at once. That's great. And that's really what I think is the truth about multitasking. There have been brain studies, a lot of them, showing that multitasking is a lousy idea yeah. the brain does not handle it well it does not like it yeah. and it literally means you're doing two or three things very poorly instead of doing one thing well yeah. so there is science to show that it's really a lousy idea stop doing it Yeah. we are very proud as women and particularly mothers at proclaiming how good we are at multitasking yes we think it's a great thing to be able to do, and we're very proud of it, and we announce it to the world. And do a job search. Everyone wants a multitasker. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But really, it just means it's you're ruining several things instead of doing one thing well. And why is that? Because we're not present. We're not present. We're not exactly. present
1: on one task, focusing on one task. So I think that helps creating balance in this lifestyle as well because you're focused on one task at a time yeah. even if it's a tiny little task such as drinking beet juice Yeah, you know you're focused on that and you're, you're really changing your mindset which over the past few weeks i really have felt a shift mm. changing my mindset i mm-hmm. really have and i've told a few people i'm eating ayurvedically and then i start to explain it's from the ancient indians <laughs> And their eyes glaze over, and understandably so. I know what they're thinking. Another weird granola crunchy diet craze. I get it, right? We get it. Yeah. Yeah. You say yoga to an ice farmer in Antarctica? Is there ice farming? Is that a thing? Um, I think I made that up.
0: Uh, let's let's proclaim a new profession
1: all right ice farmer so you say yoga to an ice farmer in antarctica and they know what yoga is i'm yes. just saying everyone around the globe now knows what yoga is everyone does it these days because it's so mainstream but ayurveda isn't there yet they need to change the name <laughs> it's a hard name for me to say <laughs> they need to change the name anyway saying all this how can we live the Ayurvedic lifestyle, as a modern-day Westerner, and what's the secret to success in this way?
0: Well, I would come back to what I mentioned a bit earlier. It's adaptability. You have to understand that Ayurveda is natural. We're all, in a certain way, following an Ayurvedic lifestyle if we're eating fresh food. Yeah. Ayurveda does not believe in buying... Packaged meats that have been sitting around in the in the supermarket for a long time, and then freezing them, and then defrosting them, mm. and then cooking them to death. It's it's about fresh food on the table every day. Yep. It's about eating with the seasons. Yep. None of this is esoteric Ayurvedic wisdom. Right. We all do it in most yep. cultures that are closer to the land than city dwellers in Manhattan.
1: But now we have these farm-to-table restaurants.
0: Exactly. That will
1: change their menu seasonally.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But if we eat seasonally, which is a big part of Ayurveda, if we eat local mm-hmm. fresh foods, yeah. if we cook for ourselves and not rely on takeout six nights of the week and have one meal cooked at home, but the reverse maybe, if we cook, if we use ingredients that are pronounceable, if you see something on a label and you can't pronounce it, do not put it in your body. Yep. Ayurveda does did not have... I mean, it originated 5,000, maybe even some say 7,000 years ago. They didn't have packaged goods from the supermarket. I mean, they didn't have Splenda? They did not have Splenda. But there are so many ingredients in foods that we don't understand. I don't yeah. know what all of these chemicals
1: Ammonium, are. and bicarbonate. Bicarbonate, and yeah.
0: So you know basically stick to the fresh aisles of the supermarket yep. if you can get organic that's wonderful but if you can't it's better to eat a non-organic apple than not eat no apple at all right so i think of it as very normal standard health advice yeah it happens to be ayurvedic because they go back so far right but it's really using common sense we all kind of suspect that Potato chips are really not as good as a fresh They're potato. so good, though. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm a victim, but we know intuitively what is fresh food and what isn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're saying whatever resonates with you, do it. You know, Dr. John, if you read the Colorado Cleanse, which is really long when you read it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he keeps repeating throughout it don't strain. Yeah. Don't strain. You'll drive yourself nuts. You will be back eating Oreos in four days. Yeah. And it's no judgment because I've been the person who's definitely done that. So you have to make sure you can handle it and, and it's the right, right, yeah. right cleanse or, or right, you know, uh, emotional technique for you or whatever it is.
0: Start small. Don't start yes. at the highest possible level. Yeah. You're not going to get a PhD. No. When you're beginning this, you should start in kindergarten and yeah. do what's easy and comfortable. and Yeah, build up. You know, build up and then put in a new habit the next month and another new habit. Yeah, it's, it's a slow build up. And as you said earlier, it's a long, slow burn. It's
1: a long, slow burn. That's a perfect way to do it. And I just want to tell people, you can eat your favorite foods. You have them modified and you need to cook them healthy. Mm-hmm. But you can eat Italian, you know. Yeah. The mistake of this diet or the mistake of this lifestyle, Saskia, is you only Indian food. That's not true.
0: That's not true. That's not true. true.
1: That's not true at all. I mean, when I have pasta, I have red lentil pasta. You have red lentil pasta.
0: I like brown rice pasta Or brown rice pasta.
1: You still have pasta, and you can make pasta sauce. That's right. So...
0: And, you know, any culture that really pays attention to food, like the French culture, the Italian culture, many other cultures, eat fresh food made at home with interesting spices. Yeah. That's Ayurvedic lifestyle.
1: That is, absolutely. And the example of, I've been talking about my regimen with herbs, with Dr. Uh-huh. John's herbs, and his mantra is, get on, get better, get off. They're not meant to be taken for life. They're right. meant to reset your system, and that's what that's what resonated for me. Yeah. I liked that idea. I liked, yeah. okay, I'm not on this for life. I'm on this for a couple months, a few months Quite frankly, he's not trying to rob my bank account. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. You put out a certain amount of money and then if it's done right and everything goes well, it's done. And then it's up to you. Do you want to keep adding? Do you want to keep, which right. I did. I, I added the lymph cleanse myself.
0: So, mm-hmm.
1: um, and that's what resonated with me. Ayurveda is individual to you yeah, and to your lifestyle. And I'm finding that out more and more and with the mental, the emotional and the physical.
0: They make a big point of looking for the root cause of what's ailing you when they do a diagnosis. They don't look at the problem in isolation. Yeah. So they're not looking at your symptoms as the issue. They're looking at how your body is expressing those symptoms and why.
1: Yeah. So
0: it always starts with you. And because we're so different, you know, not only are there the three doshas, as we've discussed a bit, but we are usually a combination of at least yeah. two yeah. that are the primary doshas, and then the third one is the tertiary dosha. But some very rare people are have all three in balance yeah. in equal measure. That's sort of life perfected. Yeah, I'm not like that. Most people are not like that. But Ayurveda looks at the human being, not at the ailment. Yes. And therefore, when you're designing a diet or a lifestyle or a set of practices, you have to start with what feels right to you. Yes. What would you like? The person next to you may do something completely exactly. different. It does not make them right and you wrong.
1: I think you make a good point and it makes me want to add something that actually happened yesterday that everyone can learn from. Because you know what? I always mess up. That's always a guarantee you, on this podcast. Perfect, yeah. Jennifer. Make <laughs> yeah, a mistake. I always, I always make mistakes. That's why this podcast is going to go on for the next 30 years until, <laughs> I, until I have my human death. But yesterday I went to this organic Mexican restaurant, ate great food, but I kept. I brought home the tortilla chips and I kept eating them. So instead, I just want to eat half of them, but I kept eating them. And what did that lead to? That led to a bad television choice because my husband wasn't home. Uh So I was like, oh, let me watch this really girly reality show. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it was a lot of arguing and yelling and negative Mm. energy. And then I had nightmares. (laughs) It took me a while to go to sleep, but it was a good learning experience because I woke up this morning and I said, I don't want to do that again.
0: You know, I've often heard, I don't know that I've experienced it so much, but I've often heard that eating certain foods and very late at night can produce nightmares. I've heard that. I I know that exists. But I know eating ostrich does that. Are you for real? Yes. Seriously? Yes. Oh yeah! Aren't you full of useless knowledge? (laughs) I thought that was common knowledge. Oh, that's so funny. Well, maybe it is if you're living in Australia. I don't know, (laughs) but yeah, that that if you eat ostrich. So if if something if a food is going to affect your body in a bad way in a negative way for your body, it's probably not a good idea to eat it at all. But if you're going to eat it, not right before you go to sleep.
1: I didn't eat, I have to say I didn't eat it right before I went to sleep. Okay. But the problem was I should have stopped at the half. Yeah. And I kept going. Because I think one, this is what I want to talk about, one was feeding the other, right? I'm watching this show, which I wasn't, I was watching at let's say 6 o'clock or something. Okay. Um, So not right before bed, but I, and I was done eating the tortilla chips, but then I'm watching the show again. And one emotional thing is feeding. So do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. One was feeding the other. My point in saying that is you're going to start realizing in Ayurveda that you may come out a different person in a good way. hmm Right? And that's mm-hmm. what I realized last night or this morning. I said, I don't, I don't want to do that again. I'm not going to judge it.
0: Yeah. I'm not going
1: to sit here and punish myself. Right. But right. I, I don't want to go down that road again. And I took that idea of the neutral mindset in Wait. the last podcast, and applied it. so listen to my last, listen to my last episode. it was good.. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add? Saskia, you are I our would, queen. Our <laughs> queen has the last word.
0: I would say, don't confuse Ayurveda as a science, because it's, it's the science of life, according to the ancient scriptures. Don't confuse Ayurveda with being the only way of living healthfully. Yes. You can follow an Italian cookbook to good health. You can follow a healthy lifestyle of another origin. I think of it as all being Ayurveda if it's natural, if it's clean, if it's homemade, and if you enjoy it. Local. And if you enjoy it. And if you enjoy it. I mean, it doesn't matter what you call it, but it should have at least those characteristics if you want to... Have a healthy body and a clear mind. And create balance in your life. And create balance,
1: yes. Perfect ending. So I just have one more question for you. Because I just called you the queen, are you going to make me curtsy like Meghan Markle? How she used to curtsy? Absolutely. (laughs) When I come in this house, I'm going to have to curtsy. Absolutely. I'm going to put that on Instagram. (laughs) So I will put resources for Dr. John and another incredible Ayurvedic doctor, Marianne Teitelbaum, in the show notes and Saskia's amazing book will be in the show notes, More Than Words Can Say, The Making of Inspired Speakers, which I love, and you should buy it. And also Bliss. Don't forget to go to Bliss, right? Blissredhook.com. And then you can decide if you want to use Ayurveda to create balance in your life, right? And of course, this week, live your life
0: Life two two inches inches off off the the ground.
1: ground. Yes.